Hello, my name is Peter Barron, and on behalf of SOAS Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, the forlorn home of forgotten dreams, or at least forgotten stuff. You've never witnessed pathos until you've seen the final red wink of a dying mobile phone's battery as it lies in my Lost Property Office. Well, hopefully this show can give it a proper send-off. We all lose stuff, but perhaps Nick Barry was right when he said every loser wins, as every loser on this show gets half an hour to vent. Here in the Lost Property Office, I'll be guiding a guest through the items they've lost and hoping to distract them with some new items. Because this is not just a fake radio Lost Property Office, it's also a real university one. I've invited my guest over rummage to see what she can find, and who knows, the rightful owner may be listening and can come and pick it up. So let's meet today's intrepid Lost Propertyer. Welcome, Kerry Lambeth. Thank you very much for having me, Pete. Um, you've been downstairs. Um, what did you think of the office? Well, it's very lost. It is quite lost, isn't it? There's there's a lot of items in there which just seem out of place. You wouldn't necessarily put them together. It's true. What have What have you found? I mean, don't tell me. Just just give us a little um, audio uh, snapshot of what they are. Maybe shake them or flutter them in front of the of the, uh, the microphone. What have we got? Okay. I, I think we can all guess that that's the book. Uh, that's another bit of paper and. Yes, uh, that's a popper of some form. Well, we'll get onto the, the items later, which have all been lost by real, genuine human beings, real losers, as we like to call them. Probably. I think I think they are may well one of them maybe not. One of them may be by an alien trying to uh, learn about the human life. But we'll find out about that in a bit. But first of all, I want to talk about you, um, which is the, the the what I like to call the not at all like Desert Island. This part of the show um, is it a little bit like Desert Island? It's, just a, li- it's a little bit like Desert. Well, the idea is basically, <laughs> can we get an idea of you from the items you've lost in your life? So. Um, Here's the big question. What what stuff have you lost? In particular, what have you lost of greatest monetary or personal value that springs to mind? I think one of the most tragic lost property incidences I've experienced was uh, when I was a student backpacking around the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had travelled to... Well, you're not from the UK, are I'm you? I'm not from the UK, Not indeed. originally. No, I am from Portland, Oregon, which is a very found place. Yes. It was founded and now it is found. It's, it's certainly on the map. It's, that's literally true. Uh, I had decided that the best place to go for New Year's Eve was Edinburgh, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was quite reasonable at the time. However, it turned out that uh, it was very windy that evening. And, of course, Scottish people are famously unused to windy weather. No, they've never seen the wind before in their life. No, they don't really understand what it is. Uh, So the outdoor celebrations to which I had a ticket were uh, cancelled. So this this is at Hogmanay? It was indeed Hogmanay. I I think I vaguely remember this on the news, actually. Yes, it was quite, quite torrential and quite, quite blowy. It was indeed. The only city in Scotland that still continues their um, Hogmanay festivals was Aberdeen. Right. Uh, so uh, myself and some of my friends from the youth hostel, of course, after considering and discarding a plan to share a taxi to Aberdeen, mm. uh, decided to go out to the pub. Yeah. Uh, as did everybody else in the city. I think that that happens anyway. With all without the external Hogman I, uh Sorry, I'm really sorry to our Scottish listeners. My, I'm not. My pronunciation. I know, I know. <laughs> but yes, um, without the celebrations, um, they were all in the pub, right? They were all in the pub. They were all in a, an eerie pub company pub, uh, the Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, and uh, as I was a student, I had my little backpack on right. my back with uh, all of my belongings, uh, which I had left at the hostel, including at the time my most treasured possession, which was a uh, paperback copy of the Oxford Complete Works of Shakespeare. Right. Um, I didn't. 
It's not the rarest book in the world. It's not the rarest book in the world. It's also not the best edited version of the complete works of Shakespeare either. Well, we may um, get back to that then. Certainly. We, we certainly will. Um, however, I had, I had left these back at the hostel as I went out to uh, try my hand at this Scottish New Year's Eve Tradition. celebration. Mm. First footing. It is. Apparently, yes, and, and the, uh, the old name, that bit of coal, all this kind of stuff people say to me. I mean, I'm not not sure about all of it, but no. Well, to be fair, we were very well wrapped up. Right, uh, well, and it was very windy. It was very windy. <laughs> it was torrential. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so I remember what happened that evening up to about nine o'clock. Right. So someone had, had drugged you or something? No, I had just drunk a ridiculous oh, okay. amount of beer. Yes. Yeah, that would do it. Uh, and uh, I woke up the next morning. I had. Perhaps with a lack of foresight, uh, decided I was going to take the 8.30 train back to King's Cross. On, on New Year's Day. On New Year's okay, Day, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense uh, Which advance. I would just like to report I did make. Well done. Uh, and indeed, I didn't throw up on it. Excellent. Uh, thanks mostly to judicious application of iron brew. Right, yeah, we're, uh, that's, that's what it's invented for. No, absolutely. Uh, it turns out it's, it's brilliant for hangovers uh, because it's got uh, caffeine, so mm-hmm. it keeps you awake. It's got the uh, glucose so that it sort of keeps you um, energised uh, and it's also got a little bit of quinine in it in case you've been bitten by a malarious mosquito Indeed, also it's bright water. orange and you'd be very embarrassed if you threw that up It's true Because <laughs> it, it really is a marker Which for the record hasn't stopped me at other occurrences okay, fair But enough. we'll leave that where it is uh, However, I discovered that my paperback copy of the Oxford Complete Works of Shakespeare was missing No I believe I had left it on my hostel bed before no. taking off that day That's it's all, true. wherever, it's it lost It was tragic, absolutely and how how do you, do you think the thing, which which hostel is it? We whereabouts of the hostel? Slap bang in the centre of Edinburgh. Uh, it was on the Royal Mile. So it's yeah. It was so on the Royal I think Mile. I, yeah, I think I know. I think I know the one actually. Yeah. Do you think it's now? Did, was it the kind of hostel, hostel that had a little bookshelf? No, it was mostly uh, drunk people such as myself. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the major leisure activities in Scotland. Well, especially for I think hostelers. Yeah. Especially and in there's January. That and tossing cabers, and I don't. Yeah, think. it's true. On, on a windy day. There were no tables, cables to be tossed. Absolutely. So, so, that, 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 so you've, you've, you've since replaced that, that complete works of Shakespeare. Uh, I have, yes. With a slightly um, better edited edition? Well, um, at the moment, I believe I have four versions of the complete works of Shakespeare right, okay. um, in different editorial uh, varieties. The Oxford complete works is the most aggressively edited of all mm-hmm. of them. Um, Stanley Wells is the chappy who does those. Uh, he is very keen on ensuring that academics know that Stanley Wells edited them. Right. Uh, he is famous for, for example, replacing the name Falstaff with the name Old Castle in all editions of the Henry Fours. That's that's quite that's quite unusual because bearing in mind that you know Falstaff is quite a major character and most people know him as Falstaff. He is indeed. Uh, Stanley Wells's argument is that Falstaff was based on uh, the character, the historical figure of Sir John Oldcastle. Right. So uh, Shakespeare meant Falstaff. True. He wouldn't wouldn't have written Falstaff. He would have written Oldcastle. No, yeah. indeed. The issue is that um, the Cobhams, which were a very prominent family in Shakespeare's time were um, relatives of the historical Sir John Oldcastle and they were um, reportedly against this historical figure of the, in their family tree being portrayed as a drunkard and a buffoon. Whereas so now, they forced him to. Whereas now, of course, he's the most beloved character in many of the historical plays. It's true, which is ironic. And uh, Sir John Oldcastle is not a very good pub in Farringdon. No, so no, they didn't they, think they, that one through, did they? Through. So you've got three others. Um, run us through them quickly. 
yes, there is the、uh, folio facsimile, which is a photocopied version of the original folio,、yeah. uh, which Shakespeare didn't actually have a hand in. Many people、uh, no, don't realize that. Write his own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actors after <laughs> that's not true, Pete. No, no but that. that's the, he didn't write his own folio. I mean, all they they got rewritten and copied out. It was kind of stuff, it was collected after his death by two of the actors because they didn't、truth. have photocopiers back then. They didn't have photocopiers. Another little known fact about Elizabeth: actually, at that point, it would be Jacobean、yeah. England. I didn't even have those sort of lino type things where you roll them around yeah, and you get the perfect carbon things copies carbon are copies. what Shakespeare would have used. Indeed, yes, yes. absolutely.、Uh, there's also the RSC complete works,、right. uh, which was edited by Jonathan Bate,、um, which is based on the folio but tidied up a bit.、Um, and、uh, Jonathan Bate and Stanley Wells,、um, famously, of course, to all of our listeners, hate each other. They hate each other, yes, but in、excellent. a very affectionate kind、oh, of Oxford Don way. Good, It's all、good. very PG Woodhouse. Uh, I, I had the delight of watching them debate each other、uh, when their two new editions were、um, being put out in the same two months. And or the、so. final edition you have?、Uh, I believe it's another facsimile of the folio, right, which、okay. was a gift. So of the of the four, you prefer? I get the sense the RSC one is your. I'm going to go with Jonathan Bates' version.、Okay. Yes, it's easy. Jonathan for the win. It's true. <laughs> Good work there, Jonathan. Okay, well, I think it's time now for your first bit of music. Now you went down. You we did try a few USBs, but couldn't find anything. So、uh, you went into the massive lost folder of of、um, CDs. And what, what do you have for me?、Um, well, you know that I am a traditional Irish fiddle player. I I didn't. I did know actually. Yes, I did know that. So I've selected、um, the Mountain Road, the traditional music of Cork and Kerry, and I'm going to、uh, read you a little bit of the introduction, please, because the difference between Kerry and、uh, Donegal music, which is the style which I most favour, is、uh, so you don't favour Kerry music.、Um, Kerry music is all right if you're a bit drunk. Traditional music is about tunes, singing, dancing, but most of all, it's about people. People who put something of themselves into their music. People, people who need people. That's true. That's not on this album. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No, sorry. I was watching Funny Lady last night, so <laughs> you're not sorry at all. I'm not. That said, this doesn't actually have anything about the specifics of the Cork、no. and Kerry style, so, so, so I'll tell you about it. Well, what, let, let's let's hear the first track, and then you can tell me after. That's a great point. What、uh, track number would you like to hear? We would like to hear、uh, a tune called "The Mountain Road," played by Dennis Murphy on fiddle, and it's track number five. <laughs> Again. That was the Mountain Road, played by Dennis Murphy. Right. Okay. Good.、Um, uh, that was Donaglees or Kerry. That was Kerry. This is all going to be Kerry. Right. Both in vocals as in tunes. Yes. Well, that makes that makes sense to me. Okay. So、um, next question. What have you found? 
Well, I have found some unsuspecting young lady's wallet. No, 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 no. What's not, not what have you found downstairs. Ah. What have you found Spoiler. in your... Oh, no, yeah, well, <laughs> we, we, we can come on to that next, but what have you found out in the street? What's the thing you've, the thing you've found that someone else has lost in your lifespan? The most surprising. appropriately, uh, it's also been a book, okay. the most memorable found occurrence. Um, unfortunately, I lost to the world uh, the complete works of Shakespeare. Yes. And I gained a copy of Bridget Jones's diary. Well, I mean, I mean literally, they are... They are Comparable. It, comparable. Well, we certainly can compare them. What, what can we not compare? I could, I could compare, I could compare Bridget Jones' diary to a slug. It's true. It's easily they done. They are unquestionably comparable. Yes. However, uh, literary merits maybe. Well, I think if Shakespeare were alive today, he'd be writing chiclet. It's true. And in fact, I found this copy of Bridget Jones uh, in Stratford on Avon. Right. So, so it's quite it all possible. comes around. I yes. do. I do love it when they they always go. If if Shakespeare was alive today, he'd be writing soap operas. That is the modern plays and so on. I think you'll find if Shakespeare was alive today, he'd be writing action films. Yes. Or, or so on. I just know if he was alive today, he probably would be a butcher. You know, because he'd be very different, very different life. You know, he wouldn't have had the advantages and options he had. Well, you say that, but actually Shakespeare didn't have very many advantages or options. Uh, his his father was a, a glove maker, mm. um, so, which is very close to being a butcher. He had to kill um, kid goats in order to get the The kid goat gloves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why many people think that Shakespeare didn't write the works of Shakespeare. Mm. Uh, they argue that because he was so uneducated, he couldn't possibly have had the know-how to have produced such skilled he work. He wasn't posh enough. Well, to that which seems I to be, say so, to them, have they read Comedy of Errors? Because it's a bit shit. Fooey, you say to them, basically. <laughs> so this, this, this copy of uh, Bridget Jones, had you read Bridget Jones' diary beforehand? Uh, I had read uh, Bridget Jones 2. Oh, The Edge of Reason. So, indeed. So I was quite excited to find out the what, prequel, uh, what happened before. What made her into that, that, that dashing woman? In it's the, in true. The had you seen the films? I had seen the films. Right, so yes. there weren't too many surprises. Was, was it a branded copy? Was it a... Uh, it was a book-crossing uh, copy, which is possibly a bit cheating in the terms of found objects. Yeah, it is a little bit then, yeah. So, so it's one that actually someone had just left it's for... To, to be found. Yes, by such a young have, woman as myself. Have you, have you ever left anything in that way? I have not. I'm quite greedy about my books. Right. You like to hoard them. Yes. And that's why you feel so bad about losing that complete... It's complete, true. I feel even like though I you didn't. have four others. Yes, I, I didn't think I had looked after it well enough. Yes. You didn't deserve it. Perhaps. How can you say something? Oh, but but oh, maybe, maybe maybe I've gone too oh, far. Peter. Maybe I've gone too far. Let's let's look at your item then. That, that the item you did uh, you did tease. A little, there. A little tease indeed. Yes. Uh, so we found uh, what I'm assuming is a young woman's bag uh, because it's purple. That's quite gender normative. It's, pur- it's purse, isn't it? Purse, really. Yes. Um, we have here, what, what intrigues me about it was that there are uh, two rail tickets in it. Right. Uh, and rail tickets always always intrigue me. Are they, it's a return, is it, or is it? Uh, they are two singles. Oh. Ah, nope, I see that one of them is a two-part return, but we don't have the other part. But where to and where from? Well, this is the question. They're both from Clapham Junction. Okay. Uh, one of them is from the 5th of November, mm-hmm. 2010. Okay, so go and maybe see some fireworks displays? Yes, that's possibly. Uh, from Clapham Junction to Surbiton. Okay, yeah, which all right, yeah. I don't know where that is. It's what in South London. About Surbiton, uh, I can't say much about Surbiton. It's in South London, and so therefore I can't say much about it because mm. I don't go down there very often. It was the setting of The Good Life, a British sitcom about self sufficiency from the late 70s. Oh, well. It was set in Surbiton. And I think it is a suburb of London which is quite near Kingston. 
because um, I've got a train from there once. And obviously, its very name suggests suburbia. Indeed. Did you get this train on the 5th get that of train, November no. 2010? Not on the 5th of November. Oh, I would have remembered. That's disappointing. I would have remembered and remembered. Um, and the other one? The other one is from Clapham Junction to Brighton. Ooh. Somewhat more exciting. However... Well, you say that. <laughs> You've been to Brighton. You've not been to Surbiton. I haven't even been to Brighton. Have you not been to Brighton? No, okay, well, that's some... there's a beat. You will, I'm sure. <laughs> it's true. And you'll put it in your memoirs. Yes. Um, which I'll then leave yes. for somebody else to Somewhere else to read, yes. So then what date was that? Uh, it's from the 6th of February Ooh. until the 5th of March. It's an open return. So chilly early this year. Now, it's in, in, brisk. in the in the wallets, I'm sure there'll be, there's, there's money. There is money. Uh, how much in coinage? Uh, we have found uh, there is 47p. In, co- in coinage. As well as, somewhat intriguingly, 100 rupees. Oh, 100 rupee note. Yes. Oh, no. Two fifty rupees. Yeah. Uh, Gandhi's on both. He is indeed on both of them. The same note. One's newer than the other. Yeah, one's a bit crumpled up. So we've got the Indian one there. Um, so is there anything else in there that might indicate who the wallet might belong to? We have. Oh, yeah, there's loads of cards. Um, a very well loved uh, Cafe Nero loyalty oh, card. But battered. It's only been stamped twice. It's true. We have a much more well loved Planet Organic. Enjoy your juice on us loyalty card. Ooh, okay. So going to Brighton, Planet Organics, bit bit of a yeah. hippie. Oh, there's a local Planet Organics house uh, as well. That's true. Uh, here we we have a name. Oh, okay. Uh, it is Miss Fiona Evans. Okay. Fiona, if you're listening, yes, we, we, we have, we your, have stuff. your stuff. Yes, I may have emailed you, and you just not picked it up. One of my favourite things to look through. Oh, receipts. receipts. Yeah. What has this young lady been buying? She's been buying uh, ladies for eight pounds. Okay. Possibly it's a lady something. Maybe not. Who can say? Don't know what Farah Enterprises is. Don't know what Trompet is. This is delightful. You're not, you're not finding much, are you? It's true. I was hoping much more disappointing. Uh, aha. Uh, from said Planet Organic, we mm. have something called We So Crispy. We So Crispy? For 75p. Laura's Vegan something. Okay. For £1.34. And Laura's seaweed, something for one pound forty nine. I think if if I was uh, that that we so crispy reminds me that if I was going to set up a Japanese um, uh, restaurant, do tell. I was I was I would think of making getting a cream horn, um, and, but filling it instead of cream with miso or miso soup, ah, and I call it miso horny. Miso horny. Huh. That's very um, clever. See, see what I did there. You yes. could uh, you could get a, a cornetto yes. if you wanted and fill it also with miso, which would be a miso corny. Well, as was that joke. Um, the um, okay, so I've got one more question to ask you before we hear our next piece of music, Go and on. and you probably have to put all the bits of this young lady stuff back in her wallet. Um, is um, when have you actually been lost? I was lost about twenty minutes ago on my way here. I've never been to Soas before, and I ah. had to make my way here with the Central Line being down during rush hour in Central London from St Paul's. And how did you? How did you do this? How did you navigate? Well, I'll tell you what I did. Like any intrepid Londoner, I looked at a bus stop map, Very and good. then I took a bus. Okay, well, and that's then I good. walked for a bit. So, where, where did you have to? What, you, in the end, you didn't get at all. You, you had to get on the tube at St Paul's. Uh, or, yes, or, there was, or a bus there was no Paul's. tube at all. Uh, I went down to the tube, and to compound this issue, there was no down escalator because of improvement works at St Paul's Station. <laughs> like Meaning, I to had me. to walk all the way down to the platform, find out that there was no central line at all, walk all the way back up, and finally catch a bus. Surely there was an up escalator. 
There was another escalator. Yeah, okay, so it's not so bad. But what do you remember the bus route you took? It was the 521. Oh, and that's a... Uh, London Bridge to Waterloo. Yeah, it's a funny, snaky commuter bus. It is. Though it's not, I suppose it's not a, not a bendy bus anymore, is it? It isn't, no. However, I was quite pleased there was a very wide seat for me to sit on. Ah, it was good. a single seat. Nice. Uh, Always nice to yeah, spread in one of those. It's true. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you. it was not so traumatising that you were found quite quickly. Yes, indeed. And you were never really that lost because you were in London, as you say. Who can be lost in London? Apart from not knowing where you're actually going, but you know, you knew the city. Samuel Johnson said that, didn't he? Something akin to that. Yes. Next track, uh, track number. Let's go for uh, some polkas with track number thirteen. Track thirteen, okay. So this is you know the name of this one. Uh, this is oh, I'm lying. They're not even polkas at all. Let's go for some polkas with track number twenty. <laughs> So I was saying, um, as we listened to that, that you can actually hear the finger work on the on the accordion there, and you suggested. Uh, yes, I believe it was recorded in the fifties, and so right. we would have just been playing into a, a record player. Yeah, <laughs> I think a microphone, but nevertheless, the <laughs> no, a record player. That's the, the recording technology work. was probably less sophisticated uh, than not, the ones we are using today. Well, we say that things have cut out and not worked four <laughs> times already today, so who knows? Um, okay, uh, your book now. Ah, um, yes. I picked this up mostly because it's a very fetching aquamarine sort of teal mm. green, and it's a colour that looks really good on me. So that <laughs> but you can't wear a book. Impulse, but I can't wear a book. Ha ha, challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, it's called Life Swap by Jane Green. Uh. I realised as I was leafing through the bits at the back that I've actually read another book by her somewhat unintentionally. Um, you love your chiclet. I do love my chiclet. Uh, this, this one that I read previously was called Jemima J. It was about a 
woman who uh, didn't have a job that was very good because she was a bit fat. Right. Uh, and then she lost a lot of weight, but got... it was too much weight. Oh, no. And then she found the middle ground at size 12, ah. which, ladies, size 12, that's it. That's the one to aim for. You, 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 you're not going to get the job. Your job of your dreams, it's and you true. won't be happy unless you hit that magical mark. The reason that I had picked it up was because uh, it fi- featured the fictitious newspaper, the Kilburn Herald. Ah, uh, at okay, the time, yes. I lived in Kilburn and was working on a newspaper. Uh, however, no- you'll be shocked to hear it did not reflect my life experience oh, in a meaningful way. That's sad. That's it's sad. true. So, um, life swap. So, I, can I guess uh, before we even flick the blurb? Please do. That it involves two people swapping their lives. Incorrect. Okay. No, that, that, that's true. Read the blurb. <clears throat> Ever wonder what would happen if you got the chance to live the life you couldn't have? Mm, yeah, I guess I have, yeah. Amber Winslow has got the kids, the hubby, the suburban home in Connecticut, USA. Not the Connecticut you were thinking no, of. No, no, Connecticut, yeah, yeah, yeah. USA. Yeah, of course. Vicky Townsley is features editor at Poise! Exclamation mark magazine in London. Just London. Yeah, yeah. She's single. Not, not London, Canada. Obviously. No, not London, London Ontario. Canada. No, indeed. Hmm. Vicky is single, solvent, and seriously successful, but she'd ditch it all for marriage, a country home, and kids. Or would she? Let's, or hope, would they, let's she? hope between they find some sort of mid ground of, of dating, but, but not having kids and, yeah, and being and quite good at around jobs. Around size 12, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I would, I would imagine so. Sounds like it's got a very similar plot to the film The Holiday. Oh, um, yes, indeed. Yes, which. which Similar kind of stuff happens. But they don't physically swap, do they? Or does it suggest that some magical stuff happens? Um, I believe they do physically swap. I think you'll find one day, Poise! Exclamation mark magazine offers one lucky married reader the chance to life swap for a month with a glamorous single journalist. Oh, that, no, that doesn't work. It's not. What I want is a proper body swap comedy yeah. like um, like Freaky Friday or Freaky vice versa. Freaky Friday was delightful. Yes. I, Freaky Friday, I was just thinking about that. Freaky Friday is the only of the body swap comedies, I think, which involve women. That's a fair point. What's that horrible one with Jason Bateman and that other... The change-up, yes. That, yes. That, that looked pretty lousy. Most yeah. of them are, are blokes. Uh, 17... Oh, there's some, the, the sort of the age swap one, which is similar to the life swap. But yes. There is yes, one very odd one. I was, talking about, I was talking about the other day, actually, which involves Meg Ryan swapping her body with a octogenarian oh, on her wedding day. And Meg Ryan's or the octogenarians? Uh, on Meg Ryan's wedding day, right. uh, the octogenarian ends up inhabiting her body. It's a very creepy film. It ends up with a very creepy bit where her husband has to kiss her um, without the promise of her of the magic being reversed or anything like that. Ah. Kiss the octogenarian man. Ah, very rarely do you get body swaps between sexes as well. Apart no, from, of course, it's a boy-girl thing. A few no, indeed. I know too much about body swap comedies. I'll stop now. <laughs> it's a very good genre. I was just thinking about Seventeen again, which yes, is the, uh, yeah, the, the film that was glancingly touched on. Zac Many Efron. people thought it was a bit creepy because uh, Zac Efron, um, for our listeners who have not seen the film, uh, first of all, you should go see the film. It's delightful. Uh, Matthew Perry plays a uh, washed-up college basketball player who is uh, married to that woman who's married to Judd Apatow, whose name I can't remember. Uh, and he gets uh, yes. booted back to age 17 as played by Zac Efron. And yeah, Zac like, Efron. like Matthew Perry looked like Zac Efron it's when true. he was 17. <laughs> uh, and the, the only way that he can sort of overcome the curse question mark is to uh, romance his, his wife back into falling in love with him. Yeah, there is something a little creepy about that. See, I disagree. Uh, I don't think the age differences in relationships are as, as creepy as... I think, think it's not so much the age difference, it's that he's going to school with her son. So it's like... It's moderately the, creepy, I suppose. Yeah, so therefore he, he is basically your son's friend. 
and that's a little bit odd. That's okay. <laughs> yes. So back to Jane Green. Um, she's one of the most successful um, authors in this genre, I believe, at the moment. Oh, fair enough. She does very well. Um, and particularly probably happy now Louise Mensch is out of the business. Cause, yes. Uh, well, aren't we all? <laughs> well, no, she's in a different business. It's which, true. <laughs> uh, which may or may not annoy us more. Can you can you just run me through? Uh, uh, can you actually hold, put, put the book on its spine? Because it's a book of a type that may open mm. naturally a, a natural page. It's not. So. It's hovering quite um, spectacularly. It's, it's oh, there it goes. It's found one. It's found one. It's found one. The question is yep. always in those situations: is has that page got sex on it? It's true. One thing I will note about this book, uh, which I didn't realise when I picked it up, is that the cover is on upside down. Yes, I, I, I was a bit, a bit surprised by that. But yes, the <laughs> cover is actually on upside down. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, the, the question is: is this intentional? Is Life Swap intended to convey the topsy turviness, or is it simply the publisher? Uh, I, I wonder. Up? I think it's the publisher. I'd be interested to find out. So anyone who knows that, who's read Life Swap, if the, if the if the cover's supposed to be upside down, please let us know. On on this page, um, it seems thinking, like the end yeah, of a chapter. Uh, yes. Oh dear. Uh, we've got a character named Vicky. Yep. Uh, who is clearly the uh, sad fat girl of oh this particular Jane uh, Jane Green story. Uh, I'm a big girl, Vicky says. I can take care of myself. Just as long as you don't end up either getting married or having a broken heart before we start filming. She's in a film, apparently. Right. Okay. The whole point of this exercise is that you're single. Uh, there's no sex. I can report. Well, it's pity. Uh, there's someone who is name-dropping American actresses. Do you run, run through the, these, these actresses? These um, fictitious American okay, actresses. All right. Sarah Evans. Yeah. Sally be. Lonsdale. Hope Nettleton. Hope who Nettleton. Who is my personal favourite. Yeah, Hope Nettleton. Who doesn't sound American. She no. sounds uh, British. Yeah, but, you know, they, nor does Scarlett Johansson. She doesn't sound American. No, oh, that's a fair point. So, right, okay, time for the big question yes. of the show. Yes. Um, what has been lost to humanity? that if it were found, would make the world a better place? I'm going to have to go with the cliché here, okay, I'm go afraid. With it. No, it's good. Uh, I think that the half of Aristotle's poetics that talks about comedy yep. would be a brilliant read. Yes. Uh, even though most of the bits in uh, his uh, tragedy, half of the poetics, which are the, um, the sort of catharsis, the spectacle... Um, might not necessarily be very accurate. I think they've provided lots of fodder for conversation and lots of essays for theatre students over yeah. the years. So the, the comedy half, it's which, the comedy is, half. which is no, not there. No, it's it's been lost. I mean, we, we, we've, got a, we've got a sense of what, what he feels about comedy, because you know, a few of his comedies knock around still. It's true, uh, and I would argue that they're quite successful comedies, yeah. and that comedy is much more difficult than tragedy. Oh, well, so, just, just just see uh, Shakespeare yes. again. See no, Shakespeare again, who, who has can do a gag, but can also do a bad gag. Yeah. yeah see again, comedy of errors. Yes. It was an error. Yes, indeed. I see what you did there. Yes, very clever. Um, no, so uh, Aristophanes is comedy. Um, what was it again? Sorry. Is it um, now? Um, Aristophanes is the comics that I'm, I'm most familiar with. The, yes. the, the frogs. Yes, the frogs. Yeah. Um, yes. Have I made a mistake here? Have I, have I, I think, I've heard Aristophanes. I don't know much about classical theatre either, I'm afraid. I was just really keen to see what this guy who I had to write so many essays about when I was younger would have to say about the style, which I actually uh, think like. is much more complicated. Yes. And like, and yes. like, more well, importantly. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Okay, well, I think before we go, um, I'm just going to wrap up with saying thank you. 
obviously. Thank you very um, much for having me. You get one more bit of music. Oh, yes. Well, um, the uh, story of this album is moving forward through the years, I believe. So we started okay, out yeah. in the 20s. We've just listened to the 50s. So I think we should listen to the uh, final track, which is from uh, around 1995, I believe, when uh, this was recorded. It's a set of reels, uh, and I will read you the names because yep. they're delightful. The Taylor's Thimble is the first one. That's going to be followed by Lilies in the Field. And finally... Take your choice. Okay, well, that was your choice. And thank you for coming to the Lost Property Office. Hope you enjoyed yourself. And um, try not to lose stuff.